0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Well, isn't this interesting? Mike DeFabo has entered the building. He's standing. That's what Ron did. Ron didn't sit. He stood in the spot that you're standing in now, Mike. Welcome aboard.
2: Huge shoes to fill. And you say that... You act as if I just walked in here. I was invited. We should let the people know that part of it.
1: I did invite you. Yes. The weird thing is that you and I barely know each other. In fact, I've probably seen you maybe, I don't know, 10 times. We may have talked at length once, which was at the fan party uh, down on
2: the North Shore. And it was such a good conversation that you wanted more of it. Yes. I actually actually believe, I, I don't know if you remember this, but the first time I met you in person was at Steelers training camp, and you walked up to me and you said, Johnny, it's nice to meet you. <laughs>
1: I thought you were Johnny Football. I, think I
2: forgot I, about that. I think it Did was, you have a mustache then? I've, and then the second time that I saw you, you asked me if I shaved my mustache. I can't even grow facial hair. I'm then like, who's the guy who had the mustache that I thought was you? That's what I was trying to figure out. I think you were thinking of Johnny McGonigal. No, who no, no,
1: no. There's a third guy. I, I know Johnny McGonigal didn't have – Is he? are you friends with him, Johnny, Johnny
2: Football? Johnny McGonagall, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's another guy who had a mustache. Without question, he had a mustache. And once I saw him at Shooter's Golf. Did you ever see me at Shooter's Golf doing a show?
2: See, here's the thing. I don't golf. I've never had a mustache. This is a case of mistaken identity. <laughs> Maybe you meant to invite that guy onto your show. <laughs> who is it? He was a younger guy like you at the Post-Gazette, and he definitely had a mustache. Brian Bacco.
1: Brian. No, 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 no. I know him. Oh, I know oh, him what well. What about
2: Noah Hiles? Maybe that's no weird. the
1: Noah Constrictor. I know him too. It wasn't him. It was a guy just like you. Are you sure you didn't? Was it a fake mustache?
2: No, I've I've never had good faith. I wish I could grow a beard. It's disappointing because right now I'm I'm 34 years old, but I look much <laughs> you younger. Look because like you you must get carded going into bars, do you? I do, I do, and and right now I'm not to the point where it's a compliment, right? Like at some point in my life. I'm sure I'm going to be really happy about that. But right now, I'm still a little bit, you know, disappointed. So if you had to grow a playoff
1: beard, there would be absolutely no hope. No, it would
2: be like the Sidney Crosby trash stash, his rookie season, or second season when they finally made it. When it's all patchy and gross. (laughs) Right, exactly. I'm looking at something here. I almost just
1: called you Brian, too, because now I'm thinking about Brian Batko. You look like you're 19 years old. That's a compliment. Well, I... Uh, healthy living. Do you have any whiskers? Now I'm really looking at you.
2: Well, Joe, because you invited me and I shaved right before I came in, I wanted to look my best (laughs) and appear my best. You, can you, do you, how often do you shave? I'd say usually like two to three days.
1: What do you
3: make of this Fort Myers? I want him to come in sometime with a fake mustache on just to really throw everything into a loop. I'd like that
1: too. I thought Yager looked young for 54 I'm not exaggerating that if you told me that Mike was a senior in college, I would believe you. 23 years old. Yep.
2: See, and, and I think that it helps me when I'm in the locker room with like players because mm-hmm. I can relate to them. They're like, oh, here's a guy about my age. He understands right. where I'm at in life. Right. But I think it hurts me when it comes time to like ask Mike Sullivan or Mike Tomlin a question. They're like, what's this college kid doing you know, right. stumbling into our press conference? Yeah, I
1: can see that both ways. I have a story for you. God bless me. I spoke, God bless you. Thank you, Sean. I spoke earlier today of a woman in our office. You're getting married, right? I am, this summer. This summer. I want to hear about your proposal because <laughs>
2: okay.
1: the woman I spoke to this morning was on vacation with her fiancé. I thought this was elite. I think they were. Were they in, in Greece or something? I don't know where they were, but they were on the beach. He said, let's go collecting shells. This one's nice. That one's nice. Oh, look at this one. He gave her the shell, and inside
2: was the ring. That's genius. That is better than my execution, I think. What was yours? So so my original plan was we had a really great ice skating date, and Jenna was like, let's make this a yearly tradition. So my plan was we would go ice skating. Maybe I would propose right then and there. Well, the, the week that I had planned this, it was like the coldest day of the year. So cold, in fact, that they canceled the ice skating. So I'm scrambling. Her parents are in town. They want to celebrate with us. They know that it's going to be the day. So I'm pretty much committed to this. So I decided to go with the Mount Washington proposal. And at this point, I'm driving there. We get up there, and I'm just nervous. And so I just kind of rip it and pull off onto the side of the road. And I just said, get out and follow me. And we get out, we walk out there. I do the whole thing. I had a photographer waiting there who was like pretending to take photos of the landscape so that they weren't going to be recognized. That's good. Yeah. I did the whole thing. I got down on the knee. You know, I am a gentleman like that. But it was so cold outside that we both almost got frostbite. Like my ear for the next three hours hurt. And so like it's only fitting And my dad's line was, well, Hell must have really frozen over because she said yes. (laughs) Always a good feeling when they say yes, right? Well, you don't want to ask the question not knowing what the answer is going to be. But now we're in the wedding planning stage, Joe, and you're probably well past this, but I'm starting to believe that that whole thing is a scam. Oh, is it a scam? Well, We went in and they had us taste the cake and then the cake cost more than my car. Well, what you do is you get inundated as the groom with questions, constant questions. Do you want this invitation? Do you like this invitation? Do you like this? Right. And, and I, I've figured it out. What it is is it's all part of their ploy that you just get basically beaten into submission until you just say, "Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good." Yes. And I think that that's an intentional move. So then, in 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 marriage, then you're kind of already set up for that. Just already. Whatever you want, honey, whatever you want.
1: Exactly. So you've already figured that out. So that's what I believe the wedding plan is,
2: is it's a secret. It's a scam created by the brides knowing full well that it'll continue into marriage.
1: Now, are there some people on the um, sort of on the borderline of in or out? I remember we had, uh, and I'll change the name to protect the guilty, uh, a drunken uncle that I think my wife wanted there, but I'm like, yeah, he's... You know, been arrested and has ruined about five (laughs) weddings already. Maybe not a good idea.
2: People like that that are just uh, sort of right there on the cut line? Well, there's definitely the A list and then the B list. Right. And now I come from a very big Italian family. And so I asked my parents who they wanted to invite. My dad came back with a list of 45 cousins. And my mom came back with a list of 30 aunts and uncles. (laughs) And I said, this is going to be a wedding of only 200-something people, you know. You've already filled it up. Um, so, so yes,
1: definitely we're dealing with that. Tough to make those cuts at the end of camp. It really is. Because, you know, you, you, I was worried about hurting people's feelings.
2: Well, the one thing that I'm getting from my mom is, send this person an invitation, but they won't come. And one of them is, well, Aunt Elsa, she's in a nursing home and has brain damage, so she won't come. But send her an invitation. Send her an invitation
1: anyway. Right. And That's I'm like, good.
2: And I'm like, is she the only known person in our family with brain damage? or <laughs> There may be a what couple do, more what Un, do you think? undiagnosed.
1: Yes. Um, what do you think of the fan personalities here? Are you friends with
2: all these guys? Do you know Mulsey? Do you like him? I think I'm. I think that they would consider me friends with them. I would consider myself friends with all of them. Yeah. I try to be friendly with everybody, Joe.
1: Give me a quick opinion on each one. Mulsey.
2: Oh. Well, maybe just like a, a quick scouting report. Scouting since, report. Since it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think his medical history concerns me if I'm drafting him. I know he's had a couple knee surgeries. um, But, you know, I I think he's got the the bald head look that ages well as a sports guy. You can move into more of the tougher, you know, mean type takes if you have that look. Do you agree that Mulsey's the type of guy
1: who upon first sight, you want to punch him? But then underneath, (laughs) like Ron, like Ron, (laughs) underneath is a very nice man. Very tender-hearted
2: man. He's really only ever been nice to me. I've never had any beef with him whatsoever, so I would agree with that. Yeah. How about Pony? Pony. See, I, I, I tend to believe that Pony knows how to play the game. And there are some times when I think, does he believe in the take that he's spitting out right now? Or is he doing it for show? And, and I think that he plays that game very, very carefully. He really does. And he's a genius debater. Have you ever noticed that? Well, he does he has all the sports talk radio tricks. He does. And all the like debate a, tricks. Like a lawyer, you you ask somebody a very pointed question, they he'll always say like, "What's the percent chance this is going to happen?" And like,
1: he'll veer off to get you to not know something. We'll be talking about I don't know, running backs and it'll veer off into a quarterback and he'll say, "Well, you once said this and this is what do you think of this guy? You're wrong." And and that'll be that'll carry the debate that I was wrong about something that had nothing to do with the debate, which is ge- which is genius
2: debate strategy, by yeah. the way. Yeah, no, he does an incredible job of that of, of moving the goalpost to fit.
1: Moving the goalpost. Yes. Thank you. How about Crowley?
2: Crowley? See Crow- Have you drank with him before? Uh well here's I drank with him one time at PNC Park and it went so well that by the end of it he was convinced to baptize his daughter and let me be the godfather. <laughs> I don't think he has any religious affiliation whatsoever.
1: Other than performing marriages.
2: Yeah, which also they were trying to do mine. They thought that that was like just going to be next. but uh, that's You not. like him then.
1: You've become very friendly with him.
2: So I would say Crowley is the kind of guy that, and I think this is why he's been successful on your air, is he's most similar to the guy you'd sit next to at the bar and just kind of have a funny, casual conversation with. Right. That's that's his vibe. Exactly. Doran. Doran, um, I think Doran is like, he likes to remind you that he played the game, and he forgets that he's in media now. So he likes to go in the camp of, well, the media does this, the media does this, and us players know this, completely forgetting the fact that he's now in the media. He's now in... He's now the enemy. He's now that guy spitting out takes and not knowing what he's talking about, not knowing what assignment guys had on things. All the things that he criticizes guys for, he's now part of. Now he's going to be mad at you for that. And he's big. He is pretty big. He is pretty big. But I, people, well, this is radio, so they don't know how big I am. Have, <laughs> have you drank with him? Uh, No, I don't think so.
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Zeiss is a character, and I have come to really love the character side of him. Like, I don't agree with a lot of his opinions, but... I absolutely love him as a character. And the best example I have of this is recently I did like the one of those TV shows, sports debate things on channel 11. and afterwards I'm walking out with him and he bends down and he picks up a cigar off of the ground and puts it in his mouth and said, "I left that here. The and, last time he did the show, like he did the show, walk, he and yes, came out of Channel 11 studios picked a cigar up off the ground and placed it directly into his mouth and said, Oh, I left this here on the ground. And I was just curious, did you leave it on the ground or did you see a cigar and go, Oh, a cigar. <laughs> Either could mouth.
1: have been possible.
2: It's 50, 50, I think at this point. And I, and I think that things like that are the reason that I like Paul.
1: Now I would have had you on this show and we're talking to Mike Defebo of the athletic. Where are you from? Latrobe, right? I'm from Latrobe, Latrobe, Latrobe. Yes. Um, you and I you were never on this show. Never on the show and I think it's because Ron it, this wasn't spoken but Ron was very leery of younger guys being on the show. He just mm-hmm. was. Who were we talking to earlier today, Fort? That said, was
3: it wasn't it Gentilli that we had Gentilly earlier this yesterday. Week?
1: Yeah. Ron didn't he wanted no part of Gentilly. So you said I got the vibe that
2: he wanted no part of you. So so you said do you want to have DeFabe on the show and he said oh i don't know joe i don't know
3: (laughs) he's been waiting all all segment to use that
1: no it never got to that point i sensed that he wouldn't want you on the show i didn't even bother with ron it got to the point where now
2: see how do i know that that's true how do i know that's not you you don't that, that didn't want to have me on the show No, no no i had
1: heard you and liked you on the air But I didn't feel like... You get to the point with Ron where I just don't feel like broaching it with him. It's going to lead to a problem. See, he's not
2: even here to defend himself. I know. We used to sit next to each other in the press box sometimes. Did he talk to you? Occasionally. Hello? Yeah. He would say hello. He would say hello to me. By name? Hi, Mike. Like that. Then that's more than some people got. Yeah. Maybe I had the whole thing mistaken and we should have had you on. I think that you should have. I came on a couple times when I was covering hockey. Uh, back at the Post-Gazette days. Uh, I think we ran down a a list of who the Penguins' nicknames were at the time. You and I did? Mm Mm-hmm. I have no recollection of that. It must have been the guy with the mustache.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to figure out who that guy was before long. All right, Mike. Now that we have the pleasantries out of the way, um, let's talk sports. Would you like to do that? Let's do it. Let's talk about Jake Gensel. This sucks, Mm. doesn't it? I mean... Things weren't exactly going swimmingly before that, and now he's out for four weeks. What would you do with this guy? Would you trade him or keep him?
2: Well, they're in a really difficult spot here because the, the reason why the Penguins are not in playoff position is because they can't score goals. And so you're going to give up the one winger that you can rely on, a perennial 40-goal scorer, a guy who has 22 goals. And then you create a massive hole on Sidney Crosby's wing. And you have to then use whatever compensation that you get to go get that winger. And that's what I'm afraid of is, let's say you you give him up, you get a first-round pick. Do you think you get maybe two first-round picks for him? You probably have to go out and use one of those picks to try to get a winger, and are you going to get a guy as good as Jake? The, the reason why you would trade him, though, is because he wants money. Right now, he makes $6 million. He's been underpaid for years now. Yeah. So he's going to want... I would think 10 million, 11 million dollars and a lengthy contract. He's about to be 30 years old. You know, do you really want to enter in that conversation? So, I think I think a best case scenario for the Penguins is you trade him, you get a couple picks in return, and then you do have discussions with him this offseason and maybe it's a rental situation where the team, you know, spent something on him, they only have him for a couple months and you bring him back I hadn't here. I had not thought of that one. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, because the salary cap goes up $4.2 million next year. So even though in the only contract they're going to get off the books is going to be Jeff Carter who makes $3 million. You don't have enough. Like, So you would have to use basically all of the money that the salary cap is increasing to, to pay Jake Gensel to bring him back if you want him. Do you like Rob Rossi? I do like Rob Rossi. He introduced me to my fiancé. So He did? He played matchmaker behind the scenes wow i know can you believe that now he's another one a longtime friend
1: of rob but i think sometimes he can rub people the wrong way but underneath what a nice man the first guy he he, his parents live right near us you know what people
2: have the wrong impression of rob because he's a very tough reporter and he's not afraid to stir stuff up but he's a very different journalist than he is a guy he's like actually the kind of guy that would give you the shirt off his back and would do anything for you. So first
1: guy to come to my house when my daughter was born mm-hmm. there was Rob Rossi knocking at the door with a Dairy Queen cake. His Even dad better. used to own a Dairy Queen. An ice cream Even cake. Even better.
2: Yeah. No, I'm I'm a fan of Rob's. Do you like ice cream cake? I like the part in the middle. The So do I. That little chocolate Yeah, the little caramel. chocolate crumble thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the best.
1: Slightly melted.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. one time when we were kids we were just like let's get an ice cream cake no occasion whatsoever so we just came up with like the longest name that we could to get like a fake made up name <laughs> so we could get the most icing on it do you like ice cream cakes Sean? Of I do, course you do. Yeah, and I'm yeah. a
3: big Dairy Queen guy I could go for a blizzard right now if you could maybe call up Rossi and see if that's still what's your
1: favorite Dairy Queen item? see we're just getting to know each other and I, I need to know
2: things like this
1: mm. mine's a buster bar
2: I think uh I oh definitely the uh the blizzard. The blizzard with Reese's.
1: My nephew Liam, you know how they turn over the blizzard and mm-hmm. if they if it falls out you get one for free. <laughs> he did that in Cape May and he turned it over and the whole thing fell out. Then, Very tragic. Did they give him a free one? Yeah, they did. Yeah. He got a free one.
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh blizzards and things of that nature. Like that style cuz everyone I love that they all have like they're like the arctic swirl and all things that sound like blizzard but aren't have you ever had a pittsburgh media feud Mm, no and i'm trying to stay away from them because (laughs) we were talking about this earlier doran might be on that list
3: you
1: you and doran might have one cooking after this oh you think (laughs) do you
3: think so fort no doran's i don't think he's looking to start a fight although see he's if you mess up again he gives you he gives you one strike, but two yeah, strikes might one. be a different story. He
2: also kind of bullies Crowley. He's like both Crowley's. Oh my god, now he's bully. got two. Don't you think? Do you get those vibes? No. Do you? Fort? Somehow Crowley's always losing bets that now when I have to worked do things.
1: Them. Well, yeah. He does that. He's a horrible predict. Well, he's a West Virginia fan. I think That's he his I think
2: he enjoys losing the bets. I think he likes doing like Oh, don't make me shave my eyebrows off. It's like, <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> no one asked you to, but okay. Did Doran ever pay off that bet since
3: WVU beat Pitt in football? Wasn't he supposed to get a tattoo? I don't know. I uh, think that was the a West Virginia tattoo? Well, I think the way Doran was going to work around it is he was going to get a West Virginia tattoo, but it was going to be 13 to 9 as part of it. But I don't know if that ever happened. We'll have to ask. City limits or now, someone.
1: Now that I think about it, you and I had a weird little feud going last year. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. That was really
2: strange. But we, but we never actually, like, it never came to fruition.
1: <laughs> I know.
2: It was a private. I'm looking at it was the, a private feud. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm looking at not the, like most of them in Pittsburgh. You started it, no, 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 and you
1: caught me on a bad day. hold it, on, was. It hold was a,
2: I did not start <laughs> it. What? Yes, I Let I have me start. Proof. This, let me start the I story. Have proof. All right. The story started with I went on air with Crowley. Yes. And, and I was saying, people were saying, why is Pitt not ranked?
1: See, Crowley's in the middle of and, all and this. And I crap. said,
2: the reason why Pitt's not ranked, and I, I used to cover college basketball, I covered Purdue. They're obviously obsessed with basketball there, is the whole quad one, quad two, quad three win thing. And their resume was not, even though maybe the eye test, yeah, they're, they were a good team. Right. So I was explaining that. And so you said. You want to come on one-on-one? Well, you didn't even have me do it. You asked your henchman. Uh, <laughs> oh, now we're getting down to it here. Who, well, uh, who was it? Falsy. Yeah. Yeah. You asked him. <laughs> henchman. He had the foot soldiers after him. <laughs> exactly. You said he said, "Hey, Starkey wants to debate you one-on-one." I was at the NFL Combine doing my job, and my response was. You've never had me on the show to talk about the sports I cover, which is the NFL. Because now, of Ron. Now yeah. you want me to come on and debate you right? about this. Now I, it's
1: all coming back to me. And I
2: said, I don't have time today to, to to handle something like this. Yeah. And then then it continued. In direct messaging. In
1: direct messaging. I'm looking form. at it. He, l- listen to this. And you tell me if he's not challenging here, Fort. I get a direct message. And, and your recollection is accurate of all of that mm-hmm. now that I think about it. Right out of nowhere, not hi, Joe, or what's up. <laughs> Mike says, would you like to make a friendly wager? Friendly. Let, let me get my glasses here. On tonight's game, a top 25 powerhouse like the Panthers should have no issue making it through a play-in game, right? And I wrote back, that doesn't sound like a friendly wager.
2: I said friendly. I was looking for, hey, why don't we bet 10 bucks or... You know, I know,
1: but it it was it set the tone. Okay, and then I was having a Jimmy G is suspended. Oh, yeah. You just told me that for what? PEDs. Two games. What reverse PEDs? He weighs
2: no more than Craig Riley. What's happening here? I was I was wondering if it was like Botox or lip filler, (laughs) some kind of cosmetic PEDs because he's a handsome guy.
1: (laughs) That's one of the strangest suspensions I've ever seen. Jimmy G for PEDs. Well, it was like when the Mitchell
2: when the Mitchell report came out and that Kevin Young was on it and you were like, yeah. How bad would this guy have been yeah. without PEDs? They, they
1: can't even get guys to hit home runs on steroids. <laughs> right? Right. So you said it's very friendly. Pitt has been disrespected all year and tonight will be their chance to prove to everyone they should have this been was, ranked all along. That was, was sarcasm. That was there.
2: sarcastic because of our back and forth. And
1: then it and then it got ugly for a minute. And then uh and then you sent me the net rankings with a little comment, and then I finished by saying, "You're never coming on my show." <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, "And shave your mustache." I, I said, "See, I knew your intentions were not friendly." And then I did a long missive, and then the, I think the next time we spoke was was at the North Shore event a few and, weeks ago, and
2: you were like ready to you came up to me thinking yep here's my chance bar fight i'm gonna knock this guy out win this one and then i was so pleasant charismatic
1: and charismatic
2: yes you were like actually as a matter of fact why don't you come in and talk sports on the radio with me
1: this has to be one of the strangest mini private sports feuds in pittsburgh media sports
2: history i think we should have made it more public we should have we didn't really even get like everything we could have out of that. I think you need a public feud with someone. Well, and and we're glossing over something else. What? You would have won the bet if you would have just accepted my quote-unquote friendly wager. I would they won two games in you the You could tournament. have said, "Hey, let's let's do double or nothing." You would have won right? all kinds of money. You let's... could have retired with Ron. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> would you have retired with Ron down to Fort Myers together? That seems a little
1: no. Okay.
3: No, no. I, he still would have been. No, on I own. wouldn't have done
1: that. I, I want to visit Ron at some point in Fort Myers. I do. What were you gonna say?
2: Like the odd couple.
1: Yeah. A and bit. he might have been the he might have been the
2: Do, organized you, do you feel one. a little bit like um like a musician who was part of a, a famous band and now you're off on the solo part of yes. your career? Yes. Justin it feels Timberlake.
1: Like, it feels like Simon and Garfunkel, really. Where I'm Paul Simon and he was Art Garfunkel and now he's into his solo career and I don't know, you know, in some ways don't know what to do. So I'm making it a variety show with people like you on the show. I like the idea of it. You're the first person in the studio on the show. I feel like everybody is available, and I'd love to have everybody in. You know what I mean? Just have a bunch of I I talked to your fiance Jenna about coming in with uh with Shelby Cassesi. And doing some sports talk radio. I think it I think it can be a variety show.
2: I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. What about Fridays with the Fable then? You could do Fridays
1: like... with the Fable would be fantastic. There you go. A lot of alliteration there. See this? I'm negotiating on air. Yes, I think it would be great. And now I'm noticing in my direct messages that Ryan Wilson from CBS gave me the Belfont snorkel this week. Ryan, can you join me at noon today? See, this is how it happens, Mike. And I'm sure you've had sources, or maybe you haven't, maybe it's me, where you help somebody get their name out there, and then they get sick of you, and then they shut me off. It starts like this. That's
2: what I was hoping to do
1: Yeah, with this whole thing. <laughs> right. This was January of 23. with You know Ryan Wilson from CBS, the I draft do. guy? Mm-hmm. From CMU, read Ron's columns when he was a kid. Ryan, I'm here doing a show by myself tomorrow. Would you come in? For sure, Joe. That works for me. Talk tomorrow. I said, thanks, man. I appreciate your flexibility. The next time was April. He starts to get bigger in the industry. Ryan, could you join us at 1 p.m.? Hey, Joe, I'm in Connecticut for work, and I'll be on set for most of the afternoon. Sorry about that. Mm. That's where it starts to go south. Then the last one was this Monday. Ryan, can you join me at noon today? No response. So it's official. Wow. He's
2: done with me. You got big-timed. Yeah. You know what the kids call that last part. Ghosted. You got ghosted. Um, who else did that to me?
1: Keith Law. You know him from from The Athletic. Is he from The Athletic? I think he is, Or ESPN. Yeah. Baseball guy. All of a sudden, gone. Can't get a hold of him. The The law writer for SI... Michael, I forget it, Michael Mann. Mm -hmm. Same thing. When he wasn't known, Michael McCann is his name. When he he wasn't known, I would have him on all the time, about all I could see that sports and law were going together and that he was going to be big. Then he got big and he left me behind. They all do. Look at Folsey's gone. Ron's gone. Michael be gone.
2: I'm, I'm also taking this to mean that you have the golden touch, the Midas touch. Everybody that you have on your show suddenly blows up, and then they don't need you anymore.
1: The Starkey bump
2: is what go. they call it. You know? Starkey That's right.
1: bump. That's exactly right. What would you like to talk about next, Mike? Enough about you or me. I mean,
2: uh, what do you want to talk about? What are the options? Quar-
1: Steelers quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Cornish hens. I'll okay. give you. I'll give you four options. Okay. Steelers. Penguins trade deadline. Okay. The high school sports story where the two kids scored 1,000 points, their 1,000th point each in the last eight seconds. Oh, wow. Or Cornish hens. Uh, Steelers. Okay. We'll Do you like about... Cornish hens, mm-hmm. Shelty? No, not a fan. You've tried them and rejected yeah. them, or you refuse yeah. to try them? No, no, I have tried it. Not a fan. <laughs> that was me asking the Pirates manager if he likes Cornish hens.
2: Shelty. Yeah. Do you like him? I don't know how I feel about somebody who, like, comes in with a nickname, right? Like, if I came in and was like, hey, don't call me Mike, don't call me DeFay, but, like, I have another nickname that I'd like. Right,
1: to- yeah. I don't like that. Ron was very uncomfortable with that and refused to call him Sheltie.
2: He would call him his first name?
1: Yeah, Derek, until they met in person, and then it was Shelty. We've run over time here. We do that a lot on this show, mm-hmm. if you haven't noticed. You and I have been talking for half an hour. Oh, boy. So we'll continue this conversation next. Mike defebo from the Athletic is our feud. Then it's a thing of of the past. Squashed. Right? Yeah,
2: it's completely squashed. Yeah,
1: I, I remember specifically where I was when I came back at you in that in the direct messaging. I was in my car, frustrated, having a bad day. <laughs> I apologize for my my role uh, um, well, in that feud.
2: I was. I'm sorry too, but I was opening the door for you to make a little bit of money because yeah. I thought, well, we we were going to debate it. Let's just. Make a little $10 bet.
1: I don't think he's sorry for it. That didn't sound like an apology. It's not very like- <laughs> sincere. No.
2: <laughs> it wasn't at all.
1: Here You're, I am putting myself out there on live radio apologizing to him for my part in the feud. And know, uh, th- he he threw me an offhand I'm sorry.
2: You, but what, here's what I'm starting to realize is perhaps you asked me to come in to elicit an apology out of me. No, 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 and no. And that no. was really the motivation for having me. Oh, my God. Here. No,
1: that was not. In That's fact, not the reason. No. no. That was not it. No, the, the reason kidding, that you're I'm, in here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now he's ruined everything, Sean. What are I we don't even it?
3: remember the reason why he's in here now.
1: <laughs> Neither do I. Apparently, he came in to rip <laughs> to rip Dora Dickerson <laughs> is the reason. I did came not. In. That was mild. He's no, always the, wanted a feud with the Pittsburgh. The sports Pittsburgh media feud yeah. thing came up uh, organically during this conversation. It's true. We don't trust each other. Um, that's been established too. Me and him don't trust each other. We don't know each other. This has gone awry here within
2: <laughs> in minutes.
1: But to put a whoopee
3: cushion on his seat or something. But we're having a good time.
2: <laughs> Which is all that matters.
1: <laughs> More with Mike DeFabo coming up next. Uh, Twitter, as I said, brought to you by... <laughs> Could I read one? <laughs> you broke Joe. Here, you read these at the noon now. Uh, I've always Go wanted ahead. to do this. See... Can you reach that? Ron never could. He has really short arms in addition to some other physical limitations. Which one do I read? Uh, Noon Hour,
2: the first two. This one? Fan Twitter brought to you by (laughs) South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And
1: then the next one.
2: Okay. Yeah. I feel like, you know what this is like Hmm. when your dad is teaching you how to drive? (laughs) Goes to like a back road and is like, all right, you take it from here. Okay, the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. I always wanted to do that. Thank you, Mike. Thank you.
1: Fort, do you have the other Cornish end quote on the uh, guy at the Steeler rally? Who said it's like a baby chicken? Did I'll have to dig for that. That yeah. one didn't come up right away. <clears throat> That's okay. Look in Folsy's folder or uh, or horse. If he does, horse still have a folder here? I think so. They they seem to keep
3: them around for years and years. I don't have one, by the way.
1: Why don't you maybe someday? Do you have access to text today? Uh, yeah, I think I can get that. Did you hear about our new segment, Mike? We have Mike DeFabo, Pittsburgh native, Latrobe native. And I just saw that Hannah Mears has a new position, also a Latrobe
2: native. That's right. These Latrobe Wildcats are doing big things here in Pittsburgh.
1: What's her, what's the name of the, what do they call the new station now? Or the Sportsnet S- Pittsburgh. Sportsnet Pittsburgh. What's she going to do?
2: I think she's going to be sideline reporter. So Robbie Smukowski's old job, basically. Do you know her? Uh, I know her a little bit. I've, I've talked to her a bunch of times because she's done a lot of freelancing around the city. People have probably seen her stuff. Like She does yeah. a lot of freelancing for the Steelers, the Penguins. She may have been on here on some shows. She went to Penn State, I know, so she's we very are. local. I think she's going to do a great job. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a fan of the hire. Cool.
3: I worked with Hannah for a few years. You did? I did, yeah. When she was getting her start after uh, Penn State, she did. she's a big time into high school wrestling, so her dad is a wrestling coach, Her brothers wrestle, so she was outstanding as a wrestling analyst, interviews, stuff like that, and then uh, covered a lot of sports with me, so she's outstanding.
1: Interesting.
3: And that'll
2: be good for her for Pittsburgh media feuds. She could hold her own if it comes to that. Yeah,
1: she could. I think everybody needs at least one good feud. You were just talking about the Penguins beat. I was talking earlier, myself and Dave Molinari, he used to uh, write for the Post-Gazette, I was for the Trib. At first, things were great. And then I wrote a couple of really good stories mm-hmm. and, it, and it went south in a hurry. Mm-hmm. We had the same travel agent out in Squirrel Hill. So she would make, we'd have the same reservations, everything. We would be sitting next to each other on a plane, our knees touching, and not a word was spoken, wow. not even a hello. Wow. It's one of the all time greatest Pittsburgh media. And views. so, how
2: long did this standoff continue like that?
1: Years? It still happens. Yeah, I haven't seen him in years, but it never ended.
2: Well, he's got a very kind of dry sense of humor and is not the most, like, outgoing type of guy that's going to embrace you in a warm. <laughs> no, I think that's an understatement. <laughs> I think that's I, an understatement. Now, now, actually, he saved my butt one time. Did he? Yeah, so it, this was during the COVID times, and you had to get the test to get into Canada, and they were very, very strict about their border and everything like that, so I had everything. I was all set. I get there, we're covering the game in Ottawa, and I think Yoey comes up to me and goes, oh man, getting that test to get back in the country was really a pain. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh shoot, I assumed it was like a party, right? You walk in the door, Canada's like, you know, there's a bouncer right there, where's your name on the list? Okay, you can come in, cool. Then you have a great time, and then you're ready to leave, you go, all right, thanks for the time, Canada, see you next time. You walk out the door, I didn't realize you need a test to get back in your own country, so... Dave Molinari steps to the plate and goes, well, actually, I had a hard time getting into the country, so I had to drive, like, nine hours from Pittsburgh to Ottawa. Would you like to drive home nine hours with me from, from, wow. And, again, he's not a very charismatic, talkative guy, even though he's very funny in print. And so it was a very, very quiet nine hours home, but he really saved me, so I, I forever, forever owe him for that one. Maybe he's like Ron. I've always said that Ron
1: was, was you know, a cinematic literary archetype of Shrek, <laughs> the Grinch who stole Christmas, um, Ebenezer Scrooge, people like that, yeah. in that it, it's like it's reverse proportion, right? He's such a curmudgeon that if you get to the other side, the heart is one and a half sizes too big, like the Grinch, right? Right, right. deep down
2: they're actually, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, this, maybe. This, I don't know. I never saw that side of them, but you this, did. This business tends to, I think, make people
1: very grumpy and grumpy. It can, yeah. And it shouldn't. We're all Peter Pan, for God's sakes. It's true. We live in a perpetually young world where you can grow old doing this, but the people you're covering are perpetually young. They're you said, always you in their like, 20s and 30s. Like, you
2: sound like Matthew McConaughey right now and dazed and confused. Really? Yeah, my tone of voice or no? What no, I'm no. Saying? They keep. I keep getting older. They stay the same age. Same thing. Exactly.
1: By the way, have you seen Yager on Spitting Chicklets? The interview he did with them.
2: No, but I bet it's good.
1: Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I think whenever I think of Peter Pan syndrome in sports, he comes to mind. Like the 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 perpetual man-child. bachelor.
2: Yeah, the man child. You know, he keeps playing forever. He, I think he has more muscle and is more ripped now than he was during That's his That's unbelievable. Prime. He looks
1: like he's he's like I was mentioning you look like you're in your late teens. He's fifty two, he looks like he's thirty one. But he, he appears to have it's a it's an older, mature yager, but but also a joyous one. He never got beaten down seemingly. And I'm I'm going off a one and a half hour interview, but he was completely engaged. And quick to smile and laugh, and he was thoughtful with his answers, told great stories. Did you hear the one about Mario No, that he told? No, tell it to me. We can have Yager tell it to him, except do you want to talk Steelers. Why don't we do that for a minute? Can you stay? I can
2: stay as long as you want. Yeah, we'll just you know keep what going. You know what I feel like? What? Like the uh, Johnny Carson show. What happened there? He would invite the stand-up comedians, and if they did their act and he liked them, then he would invite them to come sit down. That's what this is. You invited me for a finite period of time. Yes. Now you're like, hey, stick around. Stay stick for around. A that's right. It's going great.
1: Good. Where else can you get Cornish end talk like this? <laughs> did you find that yet, Fort?
3: No. I, I, I searched. Even in horse's folder, it's not coming up. Mm, so That's unfortunate. Maybe the house fire wiped it out.
1: No, it's in there. Look under, uh, maybe under corn follicle. Instead of Cornish hen. Seriously. It might be in Folesy's folder. Uh, <laughs> Mike's looking at me like, what the hell is going on here? Um, they're not going to get Justin Fields, are they? I would love for them to do that. Is that realistic? Do you actually think that could happen? Kirk Cousins? No
2: way, right? Well, so so here's the situation. Here's the way I look at it. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have two paths you can go down. Path number one is to stay with Kenny Pickett and hope that Arthur Smith can unlock a side of him. The NFL hasn't seen given the fact that they're a patient franchise renowned for their patience, with only three head coaches since 1969. That seems to me like it could be the way that they go. But you wonder with Omar Khan, they call him the Khan artist because he likes to make these trades. He's brought some new ideas in. What can he pull off? And so your, your options elsewhere Kirk Cousins, he's 36 years old, coming off an Achilles, going to cost you a lot of guaranteed money to sign him. Do you like that idea? No. Me either. And no,
1: I, I mostly don't like I don't number, care about the money. I care about that he's that he's 35 or 36 and coming in off an Achilles. Right, That's what I care about. Right. So you'll, I don't like that I think he'll
2: play next year at 36. He turns 36 in August or something. Yeah. I have his birthday written down. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to send him a fruit basket. Um... <laughs> Uh, the, you don't like that idea, do you? N- for no. the money, or because he's the Kirk only, Cousins? The or only way of would, the, Achilles. the only way Kirk Cousins makes sense is if you're convinced you have a championship defense, and you're afraid of losing it by the time the next quarterback develops. Is he even going to be ready for the season, though? And and that injury typically is like in a real athlete, not like a quarterback that stands back there. It's like a two year injury. Like it takes time to get back to being your explosive self. Yeah. So you wonder what. I, I don't version. like it. Okay, option number two, Russell Wilson. Love it. You like that one? No, I love that one. Okay, now everybody's making Ron, fun Russell, of Russell. Huh? Speaking of media feuds, yes, I had a roommate when I lived in Chicago, who is also a sports writer now. His name's Nate Atkins. Shout out Nate Atkins. He now covers the Colts. Nate the, Atkins. For the, shout for the indie star. Nate Atkins. Oh, shout out. I oh, okay. We would get in such heated feuds over Russell Wilson. That he would like slam his door shut and we wouldn't talk for days. So, just which m- side were you on? Anti? I thought that he was a glorified game manager even in his prime, and oh. I felt like I felt like he was supported by such a great defense, and they never asked him to do too much. Now, that's exactly what he would be in Pittsburgh. the The, the number one thing that entices me about him, though, you're probably going to get him for the veteran minimum, right? And if you get Russell Wilson for the veteran minimum to come manage your team. Then you can build it elsewhere in like people are ripping him on the fan left and right, left and right. Like, like,
1: like he's nothing. Like, you know, the idea, all his teammates hate him. I think a couple of years ago, he, he got too big for his britches and there was resentment. But last year when the franchise turned on the guy in the middle of the season and said, if you don't do this with your contract, we're just going to cut you later. This was after he beat Kansas city, their biggest win in years so he's working against his own franchise. The players publicly stood up for him against the franchise. And I might add that Russell Wilson in a row beat Cleveland, Minnesota, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Green Bay and had nine touchdowns and no picks in those games. And that was right around the time that his own coach and and GM and owner turned against him. I, he's not Russell Wilson of old, but I really like him. See, I don't think that the Russell Wilson of old was that good to begin with, and you— I'm are, very angry with you for that take, just like your friend.
2: I, I firmly believe that, and, like, here's what he does that the Steelers would be interested in. He throws a really good deep ball, and he protects the football. You just said the stats—nine touchdowns and zero interceptions and that really good run— that would be, I think, the thing that would interest Mike Tomlin the most. because That and extending plays, which he still does. Extending plays, right. I mean, I'm most intrigued by that because of the price tag. That's the thing that entices me the most is knowing you're addressing the quarterback in some type of way, but you still have left so much salary cap space. Yeah. Now, here's the argument for Justin Fields. The Bears, well, here's the, the argument against Justin Fields. If the Bears gave up four picks to get him and they're still not convinced that he's their guy, what makes him the type of person that would be able to go to a new place and suddenly become that
1: guy? For me, the Bears not thinking he's the guy is, is the best endorsement that he is the guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they're one of those franchises. Can we come back to this in a minute? Sure. It's the first time I've ever been concerned about the clock, but I sense that Fort Myers is getting upset with me. I was never. Also, I tend to look down at my computer. You're an eye contact guy. Ron mm-hmm. and I never looked at each other once during the whole show. Probably a good idea. Do you want me to stay engaged with eye contact? Does it, does it throw you off or in any way hurt your feelings when I do other things? Because I'm still listening. You do what you do. Okay. I'm, you're the pilot here. You're talking about Russell Wilson. I go to the computer and start looking up some Russell Wilson stats. stats but I remain engaged. Yeah. You're an eye contact guy. I like that. Well, I uh, so am I generally, but Ron threw me off for six years. I didn't want to look over so there. So you're saying you didn't want to look at Ron? Got it. Pretty much, and he didn't want to look at me. <laughs> so I'm not used to this. I just want to set the ground rules for the one
2: o'clock okay, hour. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, nope. they're established. Got it.
1: Okay. Sean, what do you think of him so far?
3: I think he's doing well. Do you want me to stare him down if you're looking at something else? Would <laughs> <Yes>. that help? <laughs> Wait, are you a Latrobe guy, too? No, but I worked there. I told him I worked at the Latrobe Bulletin full-time for three years. So did I, more or less. Cover Uh, a lot of stuff in Latrobe, still do.
1: I worked at uh, the Greensburg Tribune Review.
2: Mm -hmm. Is that close? That's right around the corner. Yep.
1: From
2: Latrobe. You could probably dig up some old Greensburg Tribune reviews and find like box scores of my high school baseball exploits.